You're listening to the Sky the Service Guy podcast. My name is Skylar Raider. My friends call me Sky the Service Guy. My guests and I discuss sales, service, and everything in between. Most importantly, we'll share with you our secrets to success and how to make an impact in your business. With that being said, let's get it. And we're back with another episode of the Sky the Service Guy podcast. Tonight, I am joined with a brand new guest, Jeff McGrady. Jeff is a loan originator, and he is joining me via remote. If our audio is any different than what we've listened to in the past, it's because we're remote this time. We're not in the same room. So uh, definitely looking for any feedback on that audio. If anybody has, uh, has anything they'd like to say about it, more than welcome. Uh, but we somebody had to be the guinea pig, and that is Jeff. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well for a Tuesday, Skylar. How about you? <laughs> yeah, you are my third official guest, but you are my first official remote guest. So pretty exciting there. Somebody would be the, the guinea pig. Might as well be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tonight we are going to dive right into what Jeff does, how it works. I'm going to ask him some questions about his story and pick his brain and figure out really the service and the sales side and how they're connected in his business. Um, But before we do that, something that's kind of become a tradition that we're going to do with every guest is our segment caffeine in a can. So uh, tonight we're both enjoying remotely the, uh, the, the bang blue ras. Jeff, Jeff, this was, this was your idea to drink the bangs instead of another brand. What, what attracted you to this brand? You know, I've, um, you can ask most anyone that knows me. I am, I'm a big energy drink fan and, uh, I used to, uh, I don't do as many now, but you know, back in my prime, I'll say I would drink, you know, three to four a day sometimes, but you know, over time, my, my sugar, I don't drink much sugar anymore. So I, uh, did sugar-free Red Bull, sugar-free monsters. And then, uh, you know, someone said, Hey Jeff, have you tried a bang? And I, I tried one and it's double the caffeine. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why I switched over. Yeah. And I'm kind of in that same boat. I think probably somewhere between five and eight over to the sugar-free stuff. Yeah. Um, one was like the calories and then it just seemed like I get more of a long-term, like an actual energy caffeinated yeah. boost from the sugar-free stuff. I don't get that sugar crash. So, yeah. I let's go ahead really and uh, drink. I don't really drink too much sugar, so I can't even really finish a of like a, you know, your standard monster or like your normal Red Bull. I just, it, I can't drink oh, it no because way. it's just too much. Yeah. The only thing I could have that still has the sugar is the small original Red Bull. And I have yeah. to be kind of, that's like a rare exception to even consider one of those. That's like you go Same to a here. sporting event and they have nothing else. <laughs> but that, yeah, I agree. You know, so let's, uh, let's pop these open and right. taste them. One thing good. I like, yeah, it's it's really good. One thing I like about the bang is it tastes sweet, mm-hmm. even though there's no real sugar. I know there's artificial stuff in there, but sure, yeah, but it still tastes. It tastes like yeah, I made mean, it for a non, you know, for a pretty much zero everything. It's uh, it's got a great taste. They actually have uh, tea ones if you ever get a chance to do it. Their uh, tea flavor ones are actually really good as well. So I've had the tea flavored monsters. But I oh, haven't yeah. had like a tea flavored bang. I've had their protein drink, the bang protein drink. I haven't tried that one. 
yeah, they have one that they have a couple different ones. I think they have like a cookies and cream one. I really like that. Hmm. That's kind of a good one after a workout. Yeah. But this one, we picked the blue Raz flavor. Now you gave me another option too, but I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get it. Yeah. I was, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to find it because I hadn't seen it. Coincidentally, the, the little convenience store I went to had just those two flavors. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's, you know, but you know, the blue Raz here, what, what makes this one of your, one of your top picks as far as flavors? Um, I mean, really it's just a uh, kind of like, it's a light drink. Um, it, it doesn't feel heavy when you're drinking it. And that's kind of like going back to what we talked about. I don't drink a ton of sugar. So, you know, it's hard to find something that tastes decent and not be, you know, all filled up with sugar. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of gives that light taste and, uh, you know, the main thing is the fact that it's got 300 milligrams of caffeine. So it's, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good one for me. Yeah. On the value scale, like, and I'm somebody who really like, I, I gotta go for the deal when I see a deal, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I think I bought two, it was two for four. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I got 600 count, you know, milligrams of caffeine mm-hmm. for four bucks compared to some of these other energy drinks. You it's, you know, sometimes it's three for five, but a lot of them mm-hmm. are two for four twenty five, two for mm-hmm. five. And you don't get as much energy drink, you know, as much energy blend or, you know, caffeine. I, I really like this flavor. I think. Yeah, I just started reading the caffeine count on stuff, like just mm-hmm. even like soda or I guess pop, however you want to say it. Um, <laughs> and most of them, I mean, most of your monsters are like less than 140 milligrams. Uh, Red Bulls are like barely over 100. Yeah. And then pop is only like 58 milligrams of caffeine. So, um, I mean, it takes you almost like you mentioned, you could buy two bangs. To get 600 milligrams of caffeine, it would take you four plus monsters or maybe even five or six Red Bulls to get that amount. So it's it, uh, yeah, a good the value there. Me. Yeah, and on Red Bull, thank goodness our cars don't run on that. You know, people yeah. complain about gas prices, but could you imagine if they ran on Red Bull? I mean, it'd be a whole Ooh. other thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, now that we got some uh, some caffeinated courage. Oh, before we go too far, Jeff, yep. what would you rate the Blue Raz? One out of ten. Ten being the best, one being the worst. I would give it an eight. Yeah. Yeah. I think eight is right where it belongs. I mean, it, you know, delivers on the value. Like you said, it doesn't feel heavy. And at the end of the day, like it does everything you want an energy drink. And plus, like, I know it's blue, blue rasp. So it's supposed to Mm -hmm. take like, you know, I'm assuming it's supposed to taste like blue raspberry, but to me, it just tastes like chemicals, which is what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I get, I get, I get a little cautious when it's like any type of like uh, fruit, you know, or, or anything like that. But yeah, this one uh, tastes good. I mean, it yeah. doesn't, it's not overkill. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the eight rating. Yeah. So now that we have some ca- caffeinated courage, the reason I wanted to have you on the show, be- you know, before we dive into that, what for the listeners out there who don't know you and don't know what you do, maybe mm-hmm. I didn't describe it correctly. What is it that you do? Give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you, what you do for work. And uh, we can kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, I am what you would label what's called a mortgage loan originator. Um, and to simply put it is if someone's looking to uh, purchase a home, whether it's their primary home, whether it's a vacation home, a second home, um, or if they're wanting to refinance their current mortgage, you know, they would come to me or other individuals like me to obtain financing to, again, either purchase a home or refinance a current home to maybe get a better rate. Um, or to maybe, you know, refinance. So I think we lost some of that. Um, you cut out, at least you cut out on my end. I won't really know until I go back and listen to the recording. 
so someone comes to you mm-hmm. and they're trying to finance or refinance a property, mm-hmm. whether it be their first, second, third, whatever uh, that they're trying to do, they're coming to you to do that. How, how mm-hmm. do you get in front of clients? Like how does someone find you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's really a few different ways. Um, you know, a lot of it, it could be word of mouth. You know, it could be someone post on social media that says, Hey, you know, I'm looking to purchase a home or I'm looking to refinance. Does anyone know, you know, of a lender? You will get, you know, leads that way. Um, another way is if they're working with a realtor, if they're looking to buy a home or even sell a home, a lot of times they're going to need financing um, to buy. So, if, you know, if you have a good relationship with a realtor or realtors, you know, they'll usually have, you know, my card or whoever they want to refer. And then they'll refer it over to, you know, the loan officer. Uh, another way, which is kind of where I come in line and with a lot of maybe local people that I know, is they'll be with a particular lender, whether it's, you know, uh, a different bank or a credit union, and they'll either visit a local branch or they'll call in and say, hey, you know, we're looking to purchase, refinance, and then we will get what's called a referral over to them. And then from there, we kind of deep dive into what they're looking to do, answer their questions, everything like that. So for you, networking is really key. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's always, uh, you know, it's one thing to work for a company, you know, where, you know, you get leads up for people to come in, but mm-hmm. the best form of, you know, service and leads is the one that you can build with your realtors and your friends. That's really what, you know, sustains you in the event, you know, that, um, you know, there is a, you know, downturn in the market or anything like that having you know multiple avenues of you know of leads is definitely you know helpful to be to get that makes sense speaking of downturns in the market mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming you haven't been bit you know you haven't been busy at all right you've probably just been just sitting around doing nothing right now yeah, yeah. no i i uh, i've actually been <laughs> on vacation for the past year and a half so i've actually just got back into it no <laughs> uh, it's only been really slow as of like the last, we'll say month only okay. because of, uh, you may be, you know, uh, familiar with, you know, the talks of the rates going up interest rates. Um, sure. it's, it's slowed down, but definitely we'll say over the last five, six years, it's been a, what they call like a bull market when it comes to, uh, to homes in general. Now, as far as the service side, right. So yep. that's how you're getting in front of your clients. Mm-hmm. I imagine that there's even, I imagine there's competition for rates. Oh, sure. Sure. What What do you do in a situation where you feel like you have to sell the client on your rate? I mean, is there, is there any, you know, in your opinion, is there ever mm-hmm. a reason to, to pay a, a couple more basis points to be with a specific lender, even though it's a higher rate? Is there, is there any real value there? Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so me personally, um, I always, you know, recommend someone to shop around just, to, you know, just because. So for instance, I'll tell you an example that happened yeah. to me. I recently bought a brand new car. Mm-hmm. Me and my wife purchased a car brand new. It was the very first time I've ever bought a new car. And I had an opportunity to get a lower rate with mm-hmm. not my credit union. And it was a few basis points. Sure. Just a few. It mm-hmm. was. It was only like a. It was literally going to be like a three or four dollar difference in the payment. Sure. And I just thought, eh, for three or four bucks, I'll just, I'll just keep it where I'm at. It wasn't a. You know, even though I could have paid less, and I know, it all adds up. 
you know, sure. it's all going to add up. Let's just, let's just round up. Let's say it was 20 bucks on the payment, mm-hmm. which it wasn't, but that's 240 bucks a year. You know? Sure. Yeah. I probably still would have kept it with my current credit union out of convenience. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. I'm just, I like my online banking to be as simple as possible. And, uh, you know, sometimes the kind of service I provide and services I provide to people are seasonal. So it's not uncommon for me to pay in advance on some sure. things. Yeah. That way, that way I can manage our cash flow good when it's, when it's not so great. <laughs> um, is that something you would recommend most people to be okay with or like, what, how's your thoughts on how I handle that situation? Yeah. So I guess, you know, really even in the mortgage industry, you know, convenience is, you know, it's one thing that, you know, we have competitors, but honestly, convenience, like you mentioned, that is really, you know, one of, you know, that's a, one of the driving points of a, you know, a borrower's mind is, okay, yeah, I may be able to do, you know, get a little bit cheaper here, but I've already got everything there um, and it's easier to do. And I would say if it makes sense, if it's not a drastic difference, you know, 100%, you know, if you want to go with the convenience and let's say, you know, as much as I want, you know, to get the deal, because I'm sure just like you in sales, you know, we get commission. But at the end of the day, you know, I like to operate, you know, as if it was me and I like to operate in the realm of honesty. So if someone's being offered very similar to, you know, someone else and it's maybe worth convenient for them, I always say, you know, it, that, you know, that's a good deal. I'll, I'll kind of say, hey, you know, this is not a bad offer you know, and it's less, you know, maybe it's less, you know, work for them to do, uh, but only in, in few cases where like it would make sense for them to, t- you know, to take the convenience. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, some, one of the things I've sold in the past is life insurance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's nothing I can do. It, you know, yeah. it's a federally regulated thing. You know, I, I don't set the rate. I don't set the price. So when they're saying, well, I can get so much more coverage for, x amount Mm -hmm. it's like well then i would go do that if you feel like that's the best fit for you and your family right so i guess doing the mortgages are are no different are mortgages the only thing you do right now yeah so um prior to mortgages i did every other loan but mortgages so i did auto loans credit cards um home equity line of credits uh you name it but now i solely only do either first mortgages or someone wanting to obtain like a second mortgage uh but those are the only two uh, products that I actually do. So what are some, some do's, what are some things that people should be doing if they're looking at purchasing their very first home? Um, yeah. So I, I recommend a lot of times is maybe, you know, find a local entity or a local, you know, uh, company that offers like first time home buying classes, uh, just because, you know, there is a lot that goes into a home. And a lot of people don't realize that when, you know, they uh, start looking for a home because, you know, you've got your mortgage, but, you know, a lot of them don't know that there's property taxes involved or that there's, you know, homeowners insurance involved. There's, you know, a variety of different things that go into a a mortgage. So I always recommend someone to, you know, at least, you know, connect with, you know, a a company or a business that uh, maybe is licensed to talk about, you know, home buying. Um, And that way it kind of gives them a general idea of what they're looking at. Um, Because you've got maintenance and everything like that. And a lot of the uh, websites online will say like Zillow, 
um, they don't always break down what the entire payment entails. Yeah, so they show you oh, having... it's you know it's it's four hundred dollars a month for this exactly you know, for this exactly. five hundred thousand dollar home. It's like wait a minute, it's mm-hmm. not. Like, yeah, that's the way I thought I could buy this home for five hundred bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> whereas a lot of times when you get in those higher price houses, you know your taxes sometimes are you know more expensive than your your principal and interest payment. So it's just exactly. really you know you know learning about the process because it's more than just hey i want to buy this home there's a lot more you know that goes into it especially whether it's your first home or really your 10th home you know it's always you know good to have a a general understanding of how you know home buying actually works okay so you say educate yourself first yeah what are some things that first home buyers shouldn't be doing don't this is going to be my own you know what my don'ts are now each person may be different sure um I always, you know, the first thing I, I mentioned about is, you know, when I tell people, don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, throughout the, the process, just because whether you're a first time buyer or a 10 time buyer, the process is always different. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, if you're kind of in the beginning stages of buying a home or, you know, trying to think what I can do is, you know, don't open up a lot of new debts prior to, you know, obtaining a mortgage. Okay. Um, and then even another way, too, is while you're going through the mortgage process, don't open up any new debts throughout the process because that can uh, greatly impact. You know, that could actually completely halt the deal if there's a bunch of new debts that now affect your approvability. Does that make sense? Yeah, I remember when we purchased our home, which you were the one who, who helped us on that loan, which was awesome. That's kind of how we got, to, got, got acquainted there. Just a little backstory if anybody you know is curious. <laughs> but I remember one of the things you saying to me was you're like, please do not take out a credit card and mm-hmm. uh, buy a bunch of appliances and this, that, and the other. Because one thing the house we were buying was going to need was it was going to need flooring. It was going to need mm-hmm. paint. It was going to need appliances because we weren't bringing our old ones. So it was going to need a lot of new stuff. And you said, please just wait until we close to do these things. So I remember hearing that from you five years ago. <laughs> yeah, even if they offer you, you know, 10 years, same as cash, because that's the very popular thing. You go to a furniture store, you go to an appliance store, it's always that, you know, uh, same as cash. Well, that ends up, that's an actual loan, you know, on your on your uh, credit. So even though you're not paying anything, you know, you could get all the way up to the closing table. And then let's say you disclose the, oh, yes, I just bought three new cars, which I've actually seen that happen before. Um, wow. It actually can, you know, you could be at the closing table and it can completely, you know, void the deal because you no longer qualify as a result of the new car payments and everything like that. So in every industry, we have unhappy people. It just mm-hmm. happens The no, no industry, no service, no act that you're going to do for a human being is ever going to be just perfect where every single one of them's happy. Mm-hmm. What do we do when we have an upset client reach out to you? And what are the kind of things that people sometimes are upset about? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say a popular one is um, their payment goes up after closing. And so you're asking Jeff, you know, what does that mean? Um, that means that, so whenever you buy a home, you know, you, you have a, the only thing that's really set in stone with that mortgage is really your principal and interest payment. That'll never change throughout the life of the loan. Um, what can change is the property taxes, meaning if your value goes, you know, which it's going on the last five years, everybody's experiencing a rise in property taxes. 
you know, your, your tax payment will go up as well as your homeowner's insurance. So a lot of times, you know, well, at least what I've dealt with in the past, they like, oh, my payment went up. That's the lender's fault. Um, and, you know, really it's just, you know, breaking it down with them, you know, well, based upon, you know, what I can see on the county website, really just researching, you know, what the, you know, the concern is, and, you know, whether it's our fault, you know, just acknowledging, hey, you know, this is the issue. This is how I rectify it. Um, but really, it's just kind of getting to the bottom of, you know, their concern. Um, but I would say, you know, that is a popular one because especially as of late, you know, payments have been going up, you know, drastically sure. whenever the property is reassessed. Sure. I remember that there was a neighborhood we looked at living in when we were looking. And one of the concerns you had with me, you said, hey, there's going to be a lot of people moving in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if taxes rise. So we ended up settling somewhere else and it turned out to be a really well, you know, forward thought on your end because I think their taxes now are almost double what we pay here. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, we have about the same amount of house that we would have had either way, you know, and, it, and they're literally 10 minutes from each other yeah. down the street. It's just crazy how something that small, as far as your distance goes from home to home can make that big of a difference with the tax code. Just Yeah. That's why I always away. tell people when they're shopping is, you know, before you make the, I think I may have said this to you as well when you were buying a home is, you know, before you make an offer in the house, feel free to email me or text me or call me with the address so that way I can look up what the property taxes are. Because just like you said, you can go two miles away and you'll notice a thousand dollar increase in the property taxes, you know, because it's just, it, they're so all over the place right now. It, it's just, it's hard to keep up really. So Jeff, kind of switching gears here a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, you get hired on at your first place. What was your first role? Yeah. So I am my first job. I would say afterwards, I was actually, before I got into finances, I was actually in training to be a manager at Chick-fil-A. Uh, so okay. that was my job. I was there for almost a year. And uh, a friend of mine actually said, hey, I applied for, uh, you probably know them very well, Right Pack Credit Union. And I yep, started I, there. I, um, I, I took my first position there a day after I turned 19. And I was what's called a, a teller in training. So I was at the absolute bottom of the totem pole when I first got into the finance industry. Okay. So how long were we, so we were a teller in training, I'm assuming not too long after that, we moved into a teller, official teller, right? Yeah. So I mean, it was really an official teller, but that was just kind of the position I came in at. Um, okay. So yeah, I went from uh, a teller to uh, a teller that could open up like new accounts, personal accounts, business accounts, stuff like that. And then from there, I moved into uh, a loan officer role, but just like your non-mortgage. So again, auto loans, credit cards, uh, personal loans. So I did that between the tellering, the new accounts, and the um, like the non-mortgage loans for about five years, and then shifted into uh, the real estate market, I believe, in 2012. I guess another good question that I had in my mm -hmm. notes here that I wanted to ask you. So I worked at a bank for about two and a mm -hmm. half years myself. Um, and there was things I loved about it. And there was things I didn't love so much about it. Um, that's one of the reasons I moved on. And it really wasn't anything to do um, with any with anyone there. Everything was great. I just mm -hmm. I wanted something different for myself. What advice would you give to someone who's just starting in, at a financial institution where they want to move up quickly. Is there any, 
is there any uh, is there any secrets that you could divulge? Yeah, I would say um, I I know it, it, in the I mean I had this problem, so I can say this from experience. Um, take things slow in the beginning, meaning you know become efficient at you know whatever role you're in before you try to you know, potentially, you know, move up. Because when I actually, when I first got into the finance industry, um, I was trying to do things too fast because I'm like, oh, if I don't do this fast enough, you know, I'll be looked at, you know, I'm, I'm not doing my job. But it wasn't until my manager back, like I said, this was 2008, that said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not worried about your speed. Just get the craft down, you know, perfect, you know, and then the speed will come. So I would just, I would just tell people, you know, don't try to rush the process. You know, no one becomes, you know, you don't become a top teller or a top, you know, loan officer, you know, overnight, you know, it takes work and it takes practice. So, you know, and then just be confident in what you're doing. It's okay to ask questions. You know, it's okay to, um, okay, this is what I'm thinking, like run your ideas, your thoughts, your concerns off someone. Um, so that way, you know, you learn quicker. And then once you kind of get everything down then the speed will come does that make sense yeah absolutely sure yeah no i learned a lot from it you know what i mean i would that's just what i always told people is you know you know it, you don't have to be the number one overnight it's a great thing to do it's great to have that ambition but i think we live in a world where we want everything really in all aspects of life we want everything you know instantaneously um yeah. but you know in order to be good at you know your craft whatever it may be whether it's loans or you know, what you do service, um, you name it, you know, it, it takes time and it takes effort, you know, so don't rush, I guess, don't rush the process. Of, sure. Of Trust the process, right? What's the worst part about working for a financial institution? Not necessarily where you're at now, mm -hmm. just, just in general, what is the, what's the biggest con to working at one? Um, what's the biggest con? Your, I would, I guess, depending on your role, but I would say in general, you know, your error could have a big impact on uh, a member differently than someone else, especially yeah. when it comes to home financing. Yes. You know, um, if, you know, it's one thing if, and I'm not saying I'm not belittling, maybe, you know, if you make an error on a checking account, you know, you know, it, usually you can remedy those pretty quick. Sure. But, you know, whenever it's an auto loan or it's a personal loan, we're like, you know, they need funds to pay rent because, you know, maybe they just got laid off, whatever it may be, you know, there's always that, you know, um, chance that it could, you know, your error could cost someone a house, cost someone a car, cost someone, you know what I mean? A variety of things. So I would say that's the biggest con is, and it's not like you run into it, you know, often at all, but I would say you technically, you do have that, you know, risk of that. Um, sure. To where, you know, it, it could, you know, impact someone, you know, in, in, a, in a big way. You know, um, loan officers may, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily a con, but if I had to give you one, is whether you're on vacation or whether you're, you know, in the office, you know, our job never stops. You right. Know, um, you know, if I go on vacation, you know, my work doesn't stop, which is why it's crucial to have, you know, a good support team while you're gone. Um, because, you know, whether... Even if, you know, you're super sick, you know, with what we do in the finance world with especially mortgages, you know, um, your work never stops. Sure. Regardless. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the next time I have you on, Jeff, because I would like to do mm -hmm. this again. I mm -hmm. think the next time I have you on, I'd like to have a realtor on with us. 
Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe me do a one-on-one with a realtor between now and then, and then have, and then have you both on at the same time. Yeah. And us do a three-way call where I can learn a little bit more about how a relationship between what you do and what they do works. I think that's an interesting dynamic. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great topic. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really know, you know, what all a realtor does and how important they are, especially really with your buying. You know, I think that'd be a great, you know, great thing. Yeah. I think sometimes people minimalize what someone's job is, especially now with the, the way the internet is. Oh, for sure. You know, like, oh, they sent me this portal and all I did was mm-hmm. pick out the house I wanted and that was that. And it's sometimes that is it. You know, it still takes time to get that stuff set up, but there's other clients that that person's taking care of at the same time, you know? So I'm sure with what you do, there's a lot of multitasking. Oh, yeah. You almost have to, unfortunately, if it's almost, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier, you know, fortunately, I would say I I take pride in how quickly I respond to people. Um, But no matter even how quick you may get back to someone, you know, if, uh, you know, people are quick to move on, if they don't get a, you know, a, a response pretty quick. So it's definitely, you know, one thing you've always got to be conscious with is, you know, um, it's how quickly you may respond to someone. Sure. So, you know, I've heard kind of where you, where you started mm-hmm. and, you know, the path you took and, you know, some of the things you did getting efficient at what you were doing before you mm-hmm. moved up. What's next from here? Like what would be the next role for you? And is that a, is that a goal of yours? You know, that's a good question. You know, I, I asked myself that actually, you know, regularly, okay, you know, um, you've been I doing the do? same thing now for what, 10 years? Maybe? Yeah, I've, I've done it. I've done it, you know, uh, for 10 years, um, a variety of different ways, meaning, you know, one role may be different than the other in terms of, uh, you know, I was what's called a um, in-house originator where I basically got all the inbound calls. I've also been what's called a member center originator where I set at physical branches and then I've done, you know, where I've kind of, uh, shrugged up my own business. Um, but yeah, um, what do I want to do? So I'm, I, I'm a people person. So I am always, you know, thought about if I move into like, uh, a training role when it comes to mortgages, still kind of doing what I do now, but, uh, just kind of being, uh, maybe a more of a, a hands-on trainer, or maybe, you know, even getting into, uh, you know, management. Um, like I said, I get along with people really well. Um, but, you know, I enjoy what I do. And for now, I've been fine with it. But I've always, you know, thought about moving into management or moving into a training role. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't try to force anything. And um, I let things happen organically. And, you know, so far I've been doing this for 10 years. And I don't uh, – See it really changing unless something opens up, but yeah. I think my last question to kind of sum up everything you've been mm-hmm. sharing with me tonight, you know, one big topic that you see with the younger generation, you know, mm-hmm. I'm probably, I'm probably in them, but I feel like an old soul. <laughs> um, you see a lot of the millennials and the gen, the gen Z's talking about work life balance. Sure. They're, they're talking about this work life balance. I don't know what they're talking about, but you know, how do you, how do you manage that at, mm-hmm. in, in a, in a business like yours that literally never stops? Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a wonderful question. I actually, uh, I have a friend of mine who wants me to provide insight on uh, what to expect when, if they were to switch roles. Um, yeah, I mean, where I'm at now, 
they really promote a work-life balance. Uh, now, that doesn't mean it's a 40-hour work week. Um, I, man, how do I answer this? It's hard at, in the beginning. If you're just getting into the business, I'll be honest with you, it's hard because there's so much you have to learn. And really, if you want to be a top loan originator, unfortunately, you've got to put in – I don't want to say unfortunately, but you've got to put in extra time where someone may not. Sure, sure, absolutely. I, You know, I, the one thing I do for to give myself some balance – and it, it's something I talked about in the very first podcast was I just, you know, I used to not do this and maybe it's it happened when I turned 30 or whatever, but I get up at 5 a.m. now every day and I get to go, I go work out from, you know, till about six, six thirty, and I try to get home before my kids get up. Oh, nice. So once they're up, I'm making breakfast with them. I'm hanging out with them. We get like that extra hour that we don't have to rush before they go to school. Yeah. Right. So I, I get an extra five hours a week doing that, you know, and I know a lot of people go, I mean, it's an hour. I mean, what, I mean, how much time, you know, and for me, it's not necessarily about how much time I'm spending with them, but is it effective time? Oh, absolutely. You know, just trying Intention, to be, it's intentional timing you're spending with them. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm valuing this hour. I'm not on my phone. They have my attention. Mm-hmm. If they want to watch cartoons with it. That's fine. I'll sit here and watch the cartoon with them and yeah. be engaged and, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, you know, just for me, that's the one thing I've changed the past few years. And then when I get home, I usually get home between five and six. We try to have like that traditional family sit down dinner and then they're only up for about another two hours. Yeah. And I, and I know that and I'm like, okay, I got to be intentional. You know, so I just try to be intentional with those three hours a day. And then we try to do something fun on a Saturday Yeah, when we have it available. So that's what I do to get that little balance. But, um, you know, it's really tough with your spouse sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, because she's a full, you know, she works full time as well. She's actually, uh, you know, she's a kindergarten teacher. So, you know, she, um, you know, her, you know, and her time really is just as important as my time, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's... um, it's a tough balance, man. Uh, you know, it's getting easier now that my kids are older. Okay, good. I, I'll, uh, I, I think I can definitely apply that. Um, I know that I, I said the work-life balance question was going to be the last thing I asked you, but um, there is one more thing I want to ask you. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you if they need to, to get a, a mortgage done or if they need some help with financing? Yeah, so you can do it a few different ways. Um, I can give, you know, they can give my direct cell phone a call. I don't know if you want me to give my number over here, but I can that's, certainly provide that. That's up um, to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, who, uh, who knows what kind of calls you'll get if you do that though? I mean, yeah, right? no, yeah. They always, you know, they're always welcome to call me, um, my, you know, my direct cell phone. Um, I'll just let you maybe put in you. It's up to you. It's 937-829-3388. I don't want to come on here like I'm advertising. So I apologize. You know, um, no, you're, but that, you're you're not advertising, but you're you're definitely the expert, and people yeah. like to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. So we want to, yeah, we want to give them an opportunity to get a hold of you if you want to, if you want to help. Yeah, them. even if it's just questions, yeah. you know, I always, you know, I don't, you know, you don't have to. At the end of the day, you know, you could talk with me, and you can ask me all the questions in the world. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I love, you know, I'm passionate about home financing. So if I can help someone, you know, get. Uh, you know, their questions answered, yeah, they can call me on my cell phone um, or, you know, they can give my email as well, which I can give that to you um, and you can post it. Um, but yeah, really a variety of Facebook, sure. however, 
whatever is more convenient for you know whoever would you know want my information is it, fine with me. You know whether someone I think I mentioned earlier whether it's someone's first time or their tenth time buying a home, the process for a mortgage is always changing, um, even for me. So it's always you know I always have to stay you know um, on my toes because it's literally always changing. So yeah, you know um, any questions someone may have, you know if it's just you know random thought, by all means they're welcome to, to message me. I'll be happy to help. Well, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy content like this, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all under Sky the Service Guy. If you want to be a guest on the show or you need help with your service business, you can contact me through my website, skytheserviceguy.com. Also, if you feel inclined, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave me a five-star review. With that being said, have a great day.